0: Welcome to Vision Pros, the show all about spatial computing, Vision OS, and getting work done on the Apple Vision Pro. I'm Tim Chan, host of the show.
1: And so this is kind of, I guess, the first opportunity to do something that's specific to to Vision OS, where you, rather than just having a a fixed rectangular screen, you've got, you know, your room uh, to place things. And so, yeah, you can start a timer and then drag it. Um, to wherever you want. Maybe you just put them on the bench, but it's kind of nice if you, you know, you can position them uh, next to the food that's actually cooking, so over the pot or over the oven. Then if you've got a few going, it's easy to sort of keep track of what relates to what and saves you then entering uh, manually like a name for each timer because you can just see where it's sitting.
0: Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Vision Pros. On this episode is Devin, the developer behind the awesome recipe organizer and meal planning app Crouton. He's already hard at work at adapting his ipad version of the app to vision os and discovering some cool concepts like floating timers that you place on the item you're cooking learn more about his awesome app at www.crouton.app and download today in the app store as a reminder you can support this podcast and the ipad pros podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash ipad pros and supporting for as little as a dollar a month Every dollar is greatly, greatly appreciated. It goes a long way with the production of this show. You can also subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Subscribing to either Vision Pros or iPad Pros will get you early access to both podcasts. With that said, here's my discussion with Devin. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Devin.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely. So you're going to be one of the very first guests on Vision Pros. I'm very excited for this new show as we lead up to the launch next year at some point, of this exciting new platform with Vision OS and the Vision Pro. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so um, first off, can you just introduce yourself a bit, your background, how did you get into development, and um, I guess leading into, uh, you know, what inspired you to create your first, or I'm not sure if it's your first app app you're working on now, Crouton.
1: Sure. Uh, So initially I was quite interested in graphic design, sort of going through high school. I thought maybe that was what I wanted to do. Uh, but my dad was a software developer, and so I'd always sort of been interested in technology through him. And in New Zealand, where I'm from, at least graphic design is a little bit of a harder field uh, to get into, but plenty of software jobs. And so uh, he pointed out that there's sort of an opportunity to mesh those together with UX and UI and those things. And so ended up doing a computer science degree, and that's where I learned how to write code. And from there, I got a job in iOS development once I mm-hmm. finished my degree. And so that sort of then was where I learned the skills of iOS development um, through the day job and then sort of enjoyed it so much that in the evenings, it was like, oh, maybe I you know could build something for myself if yeah. sort of few have my own problems, uh, which is where I, the idea from Crouton came from.
2: Very cool. How far along was iOS when you did get that first job? Um, how, how much of the evolution have you seen it as a developer?
1: Uh, in terms of when I started development, I think were on it was probably ios 12 so pretty yeah. late in the piece um, yeah but i've been following apple since forever so i've always sort of been you know, keeping an eye on what's new and, and things like that so but it wasn't until about around ios 12 that i actually jumped in and started gotcha. learning very cool my own apps
2: yeah very cool so uh, tell me a bit about crouton um what is it who's it for um do you have any kind of features in crouton that you kind of use and like kind of make you smile it's like oh i'm really glad i got that right
1: uh yeah, so as I said, I was sort of looking at how I could solve my own problems. And uh, one thing that my wife and I started doing when we got married was meal planning uh, at the start of each week, just using recipes that we liked and putting them on each day to start with groceries and budgeting and things. And to start with, I was using a note in the notes app just to kind of list out the days of the week. And then underneath that, I had links to all the different recipes um, that we liked. And so at the start of each week, I'd just copy and paste them to the top of the note. Yeah. Uh, and it worked pretty well for a while, but obviously, you know, as you add more recipes, that gets out of hand. Yeah. And so I saw an opportunity there to try and make something. A lot of the apps that I looked at at the time were either pretty focused on like the health side of meal planning mm-hmm. rather than just the, the budgeting of just picking some recipes. Right. Uh, and I also just was keen to sort of, yeah, try build something myself. And so that's sort of where I, I got started on Crouton and then it's, eventually been fleshed out to be more than just a meal planner and hopefully just a, a great recipe manager in general.
2: Very cool. Yeah, the meal plannings are evident as you use the apps like, oh, this is more than just recipes. This is like, let me plan out my week. and Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of that's why when you open Crouton, the first tab is the meal plan. I think definitely there's people that would prefer that it isn't. And yeah. I've got plans to change that, but that's because that's the, sort of the origins of it. And I think I also think when you open an app you want the most relevant glanceable information to be available first. And so if you open the app and you see the meal plan, that's usable information. Whereas if you just see a list of recipes, you don't really care alphabetically which recipe, you know, yeah. up first. So, and is um,
2: it right? Does it integrate with health? Like you can use those recipes to feed into like uh, food tracking in the health app.
1: Uh, that's not currently supported, um, but it is on, on my roadmap to sort of flesh out that side of things a bit more.
2: Okay. Yeah. I thought I saw it somewhere, but yeah, probably maybe one of the different apps I was researching there. Um, one cool thing would be to say, I've got these ingredients in the house. Here's my, uh, database of different, uh, recipes in my app. Um, what can I make? Is that something on the radar as well as a, a potential future?
1: Yeah, I think about that one quite a bit. Uh, I do get requests for sort of pantry management. Yeah, I think one of the, the challenges there is the sort of manual process of keeping it up to date and making sure that you've got the right information so you're not getting suggested recipes for <laughs> an ingredient you used up yeah. a week ago and sort of forgot to right. um, keep up to date or scan in. Um, so I think there's sort of a, a challenge to crack there, but if I did that, then definitely a great option. And I think as well with with GPT and things like that, even recipes that you don't currently have in the app, if I can say, you know, I've got these. This in the pantry. What's a What's a good recipe that I don't know about that I could cook? Yeah, you can. So use uh, yeah, cooking and
2: all that. Um. So, um, let's jump over to the Vision Pro. Um, and we'll we'll go back to the crouton in a bit here. Is it my uh, right that you were actually in Cupertino for this announcement?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a. It was my first uh, WWDC, but it was definitely. Uh, a really good one to yes, be there in person for. That is a
2: great one to be there for the first time. Uh, were you there um, from work capacity, uh, day job capacity, or uh, as indie developer capacity, or a little bit of both?
1: Uh, I guess a little bit of both. I mean, iOS development is my day job, so there's definitely crossover between indie and and, and that. So, um, But also just, uh, as I said earlier, it's something I've been keeping up with uh, as long as I can remember. So just always sort of wanted to make it over there and finally Uh, got a ticket and that's awesome came together yeah
2: that's a little bit of a trip for you um
1: but well worth it yeah a few hours on the plane but yeah yeah
2: i imagine having a vision pro on the plane would have been been nice to pass the time
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe next time i make it over i'll be able to wear one exactly yeah
2: Uh, so when they got to the vision pro part of the, the keynote you know an hour in or so um and they were introducing this as not just like an entertainment device, but this new spatial computing operating system. What was your reaction when when you heard about this kind of pitch for this new computing platform versus just something for movies and games and stuff?
1: Yeah, I thought it was pretty exciting. I really have been thinking about it. I think the term spatial computing is a really good one. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's something Apple's coined, but I don't know that I'd heard it before the keynote, but it felt like a really good reframing of, We've always just sort of been talking about AR and VR. Yeah. Spatial computing really does make it feel like the next step in terms of the evolution of technology. And I think sort of gives it more breadth than just like an AR experience. It's like this is maybe how most of our computing is going to happen going forward. And I think they, from my perspective, did a great job of, of presenting that in the Keynote.
2: Yeah, it really did feel like this is the future, and you can live in a next year for
1: you know uh, this first headset,
2: and it'll just improve from here. Totally. Yeah. Um, what about this first generation? Are you most excited about what kind of situations do you see yourself using it, and uh, you know, developing within this? Is that something that you know you have Xcode and on the Mac screen within Vision Pro that you can like live test your code in the Vision Pro instance of the app, or even mistake me if wrong but i think you can even run like iphone apps within vision pro i'm not sure if xcode will let you you know run that as a simulator within there and if that would be a good enough environment or if you'd want to be touching you know an iphone with the the app running to do that kind of stuff yeah i think
1: the 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 thing i'm possibly most interested in is uh, i love sitting on the couch <laughs> and yeah. so being able to have a, a close to desktop experience on the couch with like multiple displays and, and things like that is quite a compelling use case for me and I think definitely the I'm not sure exactly how it works in terms of where the simulator appears when you run it but being able to sort of see your mac and then run the simulator especially if you're building a, a vision os app you can mm-hmm. run it from your mac through the headset and then see the app appear sort of next to you in yeah the virtual space so I think that's going to be a great thing just from an efficiency perspective of not sort of jumping between different devices you know it's all just there in front of you
2: yeah, the ergonomics are actually interesting because, like, you know, if you're on a couch with a laptop, or even at a desk with a, just a laptop that's not propped up in a stand, you're hunching over. This, in many ways, ergonomically, could be actually a benefit. You're you're looking straight ahead with maybe good posture, hopefully, and you're just either using a keyboard well positioned or just the eye tracking with the finger tapping, and um, you're able to use this computer in some situations that would be difficult to um you know say a dog's trying to like cuddle you on on your chest and it's kind of hard to put a laptop there (laughs) stuff like that you know
1: that's true yeah or or even standing discs you don't even need to raise the disc up you can just stand wherever you want
2: yeah yeah and then you'll get um, a lanyard for your keyboard that can just be in front of you as like a little uh, (laughs) neck strap a little lightweight keyboard that's right. right yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's gonna be a whole market of like attaching uh keyboards to to people
1: that will be a strong look in the
2: office <laughs> right yeah oh gosh uh and then i was also thinking about outside a lot of times it, it's difficult to use computers outside because of the sunlight as long as it's, as long as the device doesn't get too warm and overheats if it can stay cool enough outside you could actually probably see your screen much better in here than in on a laptop for instance which doesn't get too bright and This will block out all the sunlight because you'll be in the headset.
1: Yeah, that's true. I am curious about uh, what it's like to use outside. Like I noticed in the simulator, all of the uh, simulated environments are are indoors. Yeah. Uh, So I wonder if they're sort of not really. You know encouraging, encouraging people to use it outside yeah. of this stage but uh, yeah I'd be interested to know what what it is like
2: yeah I'd imagine rain would be an issue so you have to be careful there <laughs> and then yeah the other concern is in summer or you know Z- New Zealand I imagine it gets warm um uh, is it is it warm all year round if kind of not quite sure on that
1: uh where I'm at in Christchurch we have pretty warm summers uh and then reasonably cold winters
2: okay uh, so you do have the the full yeah. season so fall and spring might be a, a good time to use this thing outside yeah okay very cool. Yeah, I'd imagine summer might overheat like your iPhone gives you a warning. <laughs> like, it's too hot,
1: except floating in front of you. <laughs> exactly, warning yeah. temperature. Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, so um, long, long term, do you see this replacing a Mac potentially? I know there are rumors even of Mac apps running in this thing natively. Or uh, do you see? Pretty up, up. Yeah. Or do you see that there will always be you know a laptop form factor in addition to this, and just changing of different. Uh, environments i guess
1: yeah i think at this stage i'm pretty optimistic about that sort of path i mean it has an m2 chip in it so uh version yeah. one's going to be as powerful as my current macbook which runs all these applications so right. i don't see why there isn't a path where you don't even need to share screens with your mac anymore because all your applications are just on the headset uh, i guess you've got things like maybe storage and, and ram upgrades we don't know too much about that from the headset i wish they can pack into a laptop but yeah
2: uh, yeah that's that's my curious uh cu- curiosity is it says starting at thirty four ninety nine? is that purely the storage question like are we gonna have the same exact tiers as like an iPad and you have to pay $400 more for the extra you know storage or whatever it is and,
1: yeah I imagine you can speak it up pretty high well and, and also like I wear glasses so the the prescription thing as well it's sort of going to be interesting to see how much that costs as an extra add-on
2: yeah and i'm curious about the third parties with the prescription thing because there's a thriving market of vr lens manufacturers and those i'm sure will be much less expensive than zeiss um and and there are there are magnets built into the headset which makes it really easy for other manufacturers to potentially piggyback off of Um, so i'm curious on how that market will go i will probably want to opt for the fancy zeiss ones because it'll just be probably nicer um being the first party solution
1: yeah, yeah. There might also be an uptick in uh, like, LASIK and, and contact lenses over the next year or so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't want to share thoughts on the, that stuff, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, generally, I think uh, the lenses are probably the better, you know, the, the attachments is probably the better way to go and not excessive as LASIK. And once you're in the headset, you can see crystal clear and then take them off your in your normal vision. And that's uh, right. Less dry eyes and stuff. And I know contacts are great for, um, especially outdoors and sporting and usage. But I know a lot of people have issues with contacts for computer usage and like staring at screens. It's, it's less great at, at that, I believe. But, um, right. Yeah. Might not be
1: a good option then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, so you know, people make their own decisions on that stuff. I'm sure. Um, as far as the form factor this is as big as it's going to get uh and it's only going to get thinner and lighter from here but what do you think about uh these ski goggles and um <laughs> this is something um potentially wearing for multiple hours for you know a full full day of work with perhaps you know you of course take breaks as you do for lunch and whatnot but
1: yeah i guess it's hard to hard to know what it's going to be like to wear it for an extended period of time at the moment i think it definitely makes which i'm sure we'll get into for some of like the crouton use cases i think version one may not be something you want to wear in the kitchen but as this is yeah uh, the first gen they're all probably going to run vision os the same application that runs on this first version is going to run on generation five six seven where yeah. it might actually start to be something you just wear right your daily tasks and and so i think for a first version it seems seems really great and I, like in terms of yeah gen one products this seems like a really refined starting point so i'm kind of just excited to see yeah, it seems like the go.
2: the baseline is just so high on this like they had to hit a certain standard of performance optically and you know um, response wise for tracking and that's what where the price comes from but uh they got it that it's a pro version to start because they needed that baseline experience going forward otherwise it just won't be a viable platform and um, that's exciting, but this is the worst it'll ever be.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you look at the Apple watch series zero, that was sort of a much different sort of starting point yeah. to, to what this product is.
2: Yeah. It's, it's funny that the Apple watch, they felt that was an okay starting point, which did not last very long, but I mean, it did what it needed to do to get the platform started out, you know, same with the iPhone and iPad, but this one, it, it's just so much higher respect because it just has to be, yeah, um, different, Yeah.
1: different goals and expectations
2: yeah so uh, we had the sdk out now along with the simulator and that's uh, an exciting thing because we're able to actually interact with vision os through the mac uh, in this way um how much of a sense can you get interacting with the simulator of how it'll be interacting with the os like dragging windows around and um, interacting with the os from multitasking perspectives and and, and whatnot
1: Yeah, I've been pretty impressed with the simulator overall. Obviously, with the the real device, all of it is sort of gestural based with your hands and your eyes. And so that has to be converted into using your your cursor and trackpad and things to move around. So it definitely makes it a bit awkward. But I think using the simulator and moving things around feels sort of compelling, even just in the simulator. That makes me think, you know, when it's the real device, it's going to be just so so much better so it gives you like kind of a taste of how good it's going to be yeah just um just from using the simulator
2: and have you um contested like the window limit i know crouton you're able to use a lot of windows within crouton but uh you know is there a maximum that just like doesn't let you put up like say you have 20 windows open does it start uh, warning you at that point
1: Uh, i actually haven't tried that yet I'm not sure what the what the max limit is, but I've I've definitely done like you know four or five, and it's it's been fine with
2: with that. Okay, so you've hit more than four. That's that's encouraging because Stage yeah, yeah, Manager yeah, yeah, on yeah. iPad is only four, so uh, that would be rather a rather big limitation if that was uh, imposed there. And as far as the system apps that are in there, how much have you played around with Safari and any interesting things in the Settings app worth pointing out?
1: Uh, yeah, at the moment the it's pretty limited in terms limited in terms of the vision specific apps mm-hmm. um so i've sort of played with them because i've been trying to get you know one thing that's great with ios is there's so many system apps you can draw a lot of inspiration for for how apple would solve yeah. certain problems and how to be a good um citizen on the platform i think with vision os it's a little hard at the moment because there's only sort of like freeform safari and the settings app and and photos i might have missed one there that that are system apps and those are kind mm-hmm. of uh, quite light experiences. And so you, yeah, I've played with them to try and get a sense of, okay, what, what should Crouton look like on this platform? But yeah. It'll be nice as, as we get more of those apps to sort of get a better sense of, um, you know, how Apple see this platform developing. Obviously, they have the style guides that they put out in the human interface guidelines, but it's not until you can actually play with the applications and see how things move around that you get a, a good sense of, of the platform.
2: Does the settings app, um, resize fully or is it like the iPad where it has these uh, these stuck size uh the stuck sides of just a big window
1: I'm pretty sure when I tested it you couldn't resize settings of course you can resize the other apps yeah, yeah so. that's
2: amazing yeah I think the Mac's the same way where it's just like stuck at a certain size
1: I'm sure they've they've tested that with users to find the perfect oh, window sure. size for settings I'm
2: sure yeah <laughs> anything uh surprising uh within the simulator that you've you know noticed so far
1: i don't know if anything's been too surprising just just pleased with uh with how sort of well fleshed out the developer story is for it yeah how easy it is to sort of get things up and running and start trying to get a sense of of the platform um so yeah Mm -hmm. i think they've just done a good job of of building that out from the get-go
2: yeah you must be really pleased that they did include a virtual kitchen for you to be testing in uh that'd be a little bit more difficult otherwise (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's perfect i just wish there was a few more like appliances or like, like <laughs> right. the bench a bit messier
2: yeah yeah uh any design considerations uh bring crouton division os that you hadn't considered until you did try to start using it in this virtual kitchen
1: uh there's definitely a few things that don't translate over very well uh which i hadn't thought about too much like crouton has a sort of custom ingredient keypad Mm-hmm. That you can enter with, um, and a few other sort of custom uh, entry things that pop up. And on iOS, they sort of I think they fit in pretty pretty well. But then, yeah, on VisionOS, I think with the sort of different mode of interaction, I'm going to have to rethink potentially how those work.
0: Will it let you do custom keyboards like an iOS? Or
2: are you stuck with the built-in virtual keyboard?
1: That's a good question. Uh, the ones I have in Crouton aren't actually keyboard like overrides they sort of custom views so okay um, yeah i'm not actually sure about custom keyboards i would imagine at this stage it's not something that is supported but yeah
2: yeah something i was um thinking about i don't think this would actually be possible is uh you know object recognition within croutons so you say you have a certain brand of um, cinnamon that you're looking for and it looks like this is a certain bottle and it can recognize that and show it to you. But I don't think... Is it right that you don't even get... You don't get camera access of any kind um, within third-party apps, right?
1: Yeah, at this stage, all of the the camera feed is is locked off. Uh, they do support... They um, so call it live capture, I think, mm-hmm. might be the right term, um, which is the system thing for detecting things like emails and QR codes and things like that. Okay. But in terms of the the developer third-party APIs, that's not something that's exposed, uh, which I think makes sense because obviously, you know, with your phone, with the camera, you can be intentional about what you direct right. it at. Um, with something that's mounted on your head, as soon as you give access, you're basically giving the developer like a 180 view. And you of, might not be aware yeah, of, of when
2: you are actually enabling and sharing the camera versus, this is just what I'm looking at, versus is my camera on or not kind of thing.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, like you meant like dream experience would be you've got this on, and then all your ingredients can be detected, and it can say, okay, add the flour, and it can highlight the flour, and you put that in your bowl, and then it knows how much you put in the bowl, tells you to stop, and do the next ingredient. Right, and I think, yeah, that would be, there would be a great experience, but I also understand the the privacy implications of that. And so yeah, maybe Apple will come up with something in a few iterations of the SDK, but we'll just have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll be curious to see how this evolves. Um, were there any other things that? You couldn't bring over because of some of the limitations within Vision OS that you don't have to deal with with an iOS. Uh,
1: the main things at the moment, just because it's early days, is just uh, I don't have too many dependencies in Crouton, um, but the couple that I do is obviously those developers need to to jump on the SDK as well and add support for those. So that's sort of like a, I guess a, a small limitation at the moment. But otherwise, pretty much everything comes across to Crouton uh, on Vision OS. So i uh, should be able to have i um, hope like day one at, at the very least should have a, a pretty um at least feature parity from what's on ios and mac os at the moment uh, which is cool yeah very cool
2: and in your mind um is data entry like adding recipes um something for Vision os or is that something you'll do on the mac or iphone um and then it kind of syncs over to Vision OS. Um, I know you have like a recipe importing thing from Safari, perhaps is that, is that possible loading up a URL on Safari and Vision OS and then saving it to, to Crouton on, on the vision Apple vision pro.
1: Yeah. So all of the, all of the ways you can add recipes on macOS OS and iOS will work on vision. I think without trying the headset, it's hard to know what manual entry will be like trying to type right. it or like speaking it. Um, but, The main ways people add recipes is from the web, like you mentioned, and that should work just fine on Vision. Mm -hmm. And I believe as well, because there's also recipe book scanning, so you can take a photo of a recipe book. I believe I'll be able to hopefully uh, sort of hand off that capture of the photo to the phone and then pass back the photo to Vision. Right through the Photos app. Do the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, and maybe another another mechanism as well, hopefully. Yeah. will be able to do some some peering between the phones. So I think, yeah, uh, it'll be up to the user to decide which platform they find. So I often, I had a lot of recipes on my phone, but I do most of the meal planning on my Mac, and so I think right. different people are going to do what suits them, but all the options will be there. Nice, yeah.
2: And what's your experience has been with UI navigation within Vision Pro? Um, I saw one of the screenshots you had with navigating step-by-step um, kind of these big arrows to you, I presume you look at that arrow and then you do the tap. Um, Is that, is that kind of the best way you've seen so far? Um, Do we know our, but it's like, we know scrolling vertically is a thing. Do we know is scrolling horizontally a thing? Could you like scroll horizontally to navigate step-by-step step as well?
1: Yeah, I think the, Obviously, when you're running it in the simulator, you just sort of have the cursor. So clicking simulates the sort of pinch, mm-hmm. and then scrolling you sort of just click and drag. And so I'm pretty sure to do that uh, with the real thing, you you sort of pinch and then move your fingers. So i pre- I think horizontal and vertical scrolling should work the same. And so on iOS, you can you can scroll through the steps rather than hitting the buttons if you like. And so I'm mm-hmm. hopeful that you'd be able to do the same thing, and sort of just pinch and sort of flick through the steps.
2: Okay. Yeah. Nice um and then something I just love I think this this got shared quite a bit online is uh this clever solution with you mentioned data detectors earlier um or uh look up. uh I'm not sure if this is related but uh the ability for it to be context aware of five minutes and then you can look at the five minutes and say pop out into its own unique timer that you can move around put it over the toaster or whatnot. um can you share a bit on on this and you know, um, no limitations you found as far as you could have like five timers running and that's all running well and uh, what happens when these all go off and dismissing these <laughs> and is it spatially aware? It's like a, like a grenade's gone off. <laughs> exactly. Just Are there sounds that go with these? Like, can you like look over and hear the timers going off at the, the microwave versus the other place?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the timer support in crouton you can you can tap on ingredients in the steps and it will show you the measurements so you don't have to jump between the ingredient list and then as you mentioned you can also tap on on any time that shows up in in the uh, steps so you can quickly set timers without you know going into it manually somewhere else and so this is kind of i guess the first opportunity to do something that's specific to, to vision os where you rather than just having a, a fixed rectangular screen you've got you know your room yeah uh, to place things and so yeah you can start a timer and then drag it um to wherever you want maybe you just put them on the bench but it's kind of nice if you you know you can position them uh, next to the food that's actually cooking so over the pot or over the oven then if you've got a few going it's easy to sort of keep track of what relates to what and saves you then entering uh manually like a name for each timer because you can yeah. see where it's sitting um
2: are there names like labels to them as well in case you uh, put it someplace you shouldn't
1: <laughs> yeah at the moment it, it labels them based on the recipe and then the step that you're up to okay um, but but yeah you could definitely add add a custom name um, if you wanted I just think when you're cooking you probably like most people probably only have you know two to three a lot of the time I only have one timer going yeah and so I think you can usually you don't need a, a manual name to set them um, but I'm pretty sure as well I haven't got to this part yet but i think i can do spatial sound so that the alarm or the, the sound that goes off will mm-hmm. come from where you've placed the window uh, which will be quite quite a neat experience as well
2: yeah something i was just thinking of i'm not sure how easy this would be to configure when you're out in, in Vision pro cooking but um so you have the timer for say like 10 15 minutes you know pasta i'd love a a way to have like a reminder every four minutes or so to stir it and make sure it's doing well. Uh, I don't know if there would be a way to like set up like an interval within the timer to say, you know, every four minutes kind of give me a soft notification. It could even like have um, a color gradient go from green to like red. And when it, you know, as a visual way to like, Oh, I should go over there and, you know, have some way to like reset it to back to green when I'm, I've attended to it.
1: Um, That's just a some... pretty cool idea. Yeah, I think even on even on iOS, that would be pretty great if you could have a timer that's sort of contextually aware of what you're cooking. Yeah. yeah. Like you say, it can give you a little nudge, like, hey, maybe you should <laughs> check the oven. Yep. Your cookies might be burnt.
2: Yeah, because some things um, you don't need that. Other things are much more important um, to, to do that for, yeah. Um, so that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: Another thing... Um, because crouton i recently added integration for um there's a company called combustion that make a predictive thermometer Mm -hmm. Uh, so i added support in crouton so when there's a temperature in a recipe like for a steak you can tap on the temperature and then connects to the probe and then within crouton it'll give you the information about the temperatures and how long's left on the cook so that's cool that is a case where it's uh, contextually aware in a few ways and i think that on on vision OS would be pretty cool when you can just see sort of like a, a heads up display of, yeah, you can look uh, at you know, the oven and like, far along oh, that's it how, is. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's neat. Yeah. That, that text always interesting wow. to me. Like how does Bluetooth, radios survive the heat of an oven and they do it. Yeah.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but I, I yeah. trust the manufacturers that they've, they've tested it. So yeah,
2: no, it's amazing stuff. <laughs> um, So have you considered any 3d elements to your app? I'm not sure where this would make sense in the app, but I know that's, a part of these apps that, that can be there
1: yeah, that's something I'm definitely thinking about at the moment. One of the the nice things about iOS at least since iOS 7 I think has been sort of the the flat design that makes it pretty accessible to anyone to to get into the the learning curve of um, flat UI is much lower than than 3d and so I think now that we're almost sort of potentially stepping back into that sort of 3d more textured environment there's a, a steeper learning curve there. And so that's something I'm just going to have to spend a bit more time sort of learning and thinking about. And Apple have uh, created uh, Reality Composer Pro, which is an app that lets you sort of uh, help build some of those 3D assets. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this stage, yeah, I'm still just sort of thinking about what makes sense. I think even just like a, a 3D timer element could be nice, maybe like something that actually looks like a little egg timer yeah. that sort of spins around could be kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I think as well, once we get the headset, it'll be a bit easier to tell, like, what makes sense to be a 3D experience right. and what makes sense to be a flat sort of, you know, two-dimensional one in 3D space.
2: Yeah, some stuff will just be for sheer fun. I was thinking with PCalc, how you could have, like, a library of calculators so you can have a virtual, like, it looks like one of your old school, like, graphing calculators or, like, a a cheap dollar calculator or even um a little… um uh cash register type thing that you, you'd input it and has this little fake paper thing that's spitting out with the calculation
1: <laughs> would, It would be a lot of fun
2: yeah i'm not sure how practical that stuff is but it'd be fun i mean <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah. not everything has to be practical
2: no i mean this stuff should be fun so it'll be yeah it'll be fun to you know we get narrow down these kind of basics and then from there see uh where we can add the fun to to different experiences totally um, anything about Vision OS um, that we haven't covered? Anything um, as far as limitations they'd like to see lifted? Any, basically, anything we haven't covered they'd like to before we start to wrap it up?
1: Uh, I mean, one kind of developer limitation at the moment is if your, if your app's UI kit based, then there doesn't seem to be an easy path to creating the 3D mm. sort of um, uh, environments that they've shown. You have to have a Swift UI foundation. Yeah. Um. which is a little bit challenging for apps like Crouton that have been around pr- since pre-Swift UI. That's kind of like oh, a, a, he- yeah. a heavy migration that has to happen to, to flip that around. So okay. I'm, I'm kind of hopeful they might change that. Otherwise, I'll have to um, spend a bit of time shuffling things around.
2: Yeah, that'd be a bit of work, uh, I'd imagine. Because, yeah, I know they're very different and some things are very easy in Swift UI. Other things are very uh, complicated and
1: tricky to do. Yeah, 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 and that—I mean—that's getting better all the time. And I can also see the obviously if they're setting this up to be sort of the next computing platform for, I don't know, the next 20, 30 years. They want to start uh, with with the most modern technology now, so that they're not carrying over uh, as much legacy stuff. So I can I can kind of understand it. But when you've got an app that uh, you've already built that you want to bring across, then it gets a bit um, a bit unfortunate. Yeah.
2: Um does vision pro and spatial computing give you ideas for if you start thinking of like apps that like only make sense within here uh, cuz right right now we're at the stage of let's let's you know translate things to vision os uh, you know just hypothetically are there things that you're thinking of that are like oh this kind of only makes sense here and this would be vision os first
1: yeah the uh, <laughs> the the only one i've started or thinking working on which I probably will never ship is, um, yeah. I was just thinking when you've got the headset on, it'd be kind of nice just to put like some different pictures on your wall. I always yeah. get bored of like art on the wall and have, have a hard time committing to things. And right. I'm sure everyone's thought of this idea already, but yeah, basically just, you know, you put some picture frames on the wall. You can tap on them to swap out different photos and, um, you know, move them around. Maybe even you put like some little knickknacks on your desk that are just some 3D models. I think things like that would actually be as sort of silly and trivial as they sound, I think would actually be quite nice.
2: I mean, I think that um, and so, that's yeah. pretty... I I mean, that seems pretty actually smart um, as far as, like, <laughs> simple idea. But, like, yeah, I don't think the Photos app will let you do that, for se. It'll, you know, let you experience these 3D captures you do and, you know, look at them in a traditional window. But, like, as you said, putting a frame around it, making it feel like a real photo, I think that has potential to, like, for many people, be a must- use app, you know. Um,
1: yeah, maybe you can have a few different like, you know, like a gold trim frame, something a bit more ornate. <laughs> you know, suit suit yourself. Yeah. Um so I I mean, I don't know if I'll if I'll build that out, but it's just, I've been using that just to sort of play around with reality composer and try and build a few different things. So
2: Yeah, cuz you That's could integrate. I'd imagine like an iOS you can integrate with the photos library in the photos app. You have full access to the photos app within Vision OS apps, right? so yep, yep, yeah exactly the
1: same so it just presents like a photo picker so the user could could choose a photo
2: yeah and you could just pull up your favorites and that would be really cool and yeah i'm curious how good the memory is of vision pro like if i use this in the basement will it remember that stuff when i then i use it upstairs remember what i had up there and how good that memory will be as i change environments and is it aware of where i am or is it i'm resetting my um If I move upstairs, do I have to, like, reconfigure my setup every single time?
1: Yeah, I believe in the immersive AR experiences. It is very good at remembering the different environments and putting things back where you left them. Yeah. Uh, But in the regular sort of windowed view, I think we'll just have to wait and see. Like, yeah, if you you put something in one room and go into another one and then come back, is it always going to be where you left it? And, like, as well in the simulator, if you go into a different room and then look back, you can see sort of vaguely transparent that window in the other room yeah um so i get yeah in real life will it occlude the window completely until you go into that room or will you sort of be able to look around and see those distant windows in other rooms
2: yeah because i know you can reset like you can on all vr headsets kind of where center is and when you do that it'll reposition on the windows i'd imagine um Mm. so yeah i'll be just curious to see um the bounds of uh of remembering different rooms and, and things like that. Um, I know PSVR two does remember different room scans. It's do- does. Um, I'm not sure how Apple vision pro is scanning rooms. There's no interface for that. It's kind of probably happens in the background. So I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just magic. Yeah. It's just magic. Yeah. So I'm not sure it, <laughs> if it remembers, uh, has a large database of your rooms that you've scanned before or whatnot. Um,
1: uh, yeah yeah just wait and see
2: yeah um i would love um a way to uh try try and close virtually within apple vision pro i don't know uh i'm sure that's gonna be a very common thing for shopping companies to figure that one out um i you have to look
1: at yourself in the (laughs) mirror
2: probably for that i don't know
1: I think at the moment they don't offer full body tracking. So you'd be able to try on different gloves. Gloves, yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But I'm sure that'll open up. Yeah.
2: Uh, Well, well, anything about Crewtown we haven't touched on that you'd like to before we wrap it up?
1: uh, I don't think so. Just, yeah, at the moment, just really excited about bringing it across and thinking about which different experiences make sense on Vision OS. This is my first kind of since I got into development, this is the first sort of fresh platform that's been announced. So it's cool to sort of be at the the beginning of something like this. And yeah, and you can see how it evolves
2: possible. year to year. That's, it's always a fun thing.
1: Um, totally.
2: Yeah. I, I, as a consumer, I like to see, like I had to watch first year. It's fun to see platform just change and morph as a developer. It much must yeah. be that much more exciting. Totally.
0: Um, we still don't know, uh,
2: about the app store story, if like if it'll be like Crouton as a separate app versus Universal Purchase, and um, what that story will be like. I know at the beginning of the iPad days, we had special iPad only versions of apps, and that eventually merged in the universal apps. That's still kind of unknown at this point.
1: Uh, I think it'll be this time around. It'll be like up to the developer. So, uh, it's my understanding anyway. You can offer it as a Universal Purchase as part of. Um, the the rest of the the platforms yeah you there would be nothing stopping you releasing it as a separate app as well if you um okay. some people still do this with with Mac OS where they release it right. sort of something with a different pricing tier yeah as a separate app um but i think i think de- like definitely something apple's done really well this time is the sort of developer story around it they've made it very easy to bring across existing apps and just sort of the development tools and the apis and stuff that are available i think they've really it seems like they've done everything they can to make sure that you know developers can jump on this nice uh, yeah as quickly as possible for
2: for you for you the starting point was your iPad app is that right
1: yeah yeah that's right
2: and then you're able to like say tr- you, within Xcode you're able to say I want to start this as vision pro and were you able to start with all of your iPad code and then just tweak the iPad code and kind of morph it into vision native.
1: Yeah, so there's just there's a few things which don't don't work from from the older versions of iOS on, mm-hmm. on Vision OS that they've sort of cut off, and then there's a few different then there's sort of some newer things for Vision OS. So yeah, a lot of the code just works out of the box, and then there's a little bit of uh, work after that to tweak it to make it look like a good fit on on Vision. Yeah. So getting rid of like the solid background colors and using mm-hmm. that sort of blurred effect instead. Um, yeah. Which I, I think if you use Swift UI you get a lot more of that for free. Okay. Um, yeah. With UIKit, I had to do a little bit of extra work, but it was still... Uh, uh, versus completely rewriting something from scratch, uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it saved me yeah, hundreds, thousands of hours of, yeah. of work, so it's really good.
2: And then Xcode probably warns you this bit of code that accesses the camera. Uh, you just have to take that out, kind of like, it'll warn you the different parts that are not allowed.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the first first hour or so of trying to get it to build was just warnings of yeah, this is not available. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was ex- an exciting moment when I finally got the the build succeeded, tick, and and it launched.
2: Yeah, it seems that turn by turn navigation, even for walking, will not be allowed at least at launch. <laughs> that was one of the things not yeah. allowed. Uh, the location, stop encouraging people from walking out yeah. of that side, venturing too far. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so Crouton's out now for Mac, iPhone, and iPad. Is that right?
1: Yep, that's right. It's a, a, a universal purchase, so you pay once and you can use it on all those different platforms.
2: Very cool. And is there a website to check out?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. If you go to Crouton app, um, you'll be able to find links to the the App Store and a bit more information about it.
2: Awesome. And yeah, I found you on uh, Mastodon. You're very active there, and it's fun to kind of see uh, Crouton develop uh, through some different screenshots and. Um, that's been been fun
1: thanks yeah yeah i like posting progress just sort of i don't know others can see the the journey and hopefully they can share too i like watching other people develop so it's nice to join in on that
2: yeah so um that's at just me devon social if you're curious to check you out there and yeah thank yep, you so much for right.
1: your time it's been a fun chat yeah no really great thanks for having me well,
0: that's my discussion with Devin. My thanks to Devin for his time recording, and my thanks to you for your time attention, and touch on tuning in. Support the podcast over patreon.com slash or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Also, if you haven't reviewed the show yet in Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated as this is a new podcast and those reviews this early on are great to have. That's all for now. I'll talk with everyone again real soon.